Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod for episode 73. I'm Lydia, and as always, I'm joined by my bestie, Esty. We've been getting a lot of feedback from people that they love that introduction to Esther, so we'll keep with it. This episode, we're going to get you up to speed on the last couple of weeks, as they've been a bit of a whirlwind, and then we're going to dive into the fear of failure as a woman, as I'm sure many of you can relate to this. But before we do so, Est, firstly, happy birthday. How are you? Thanks, Liz. Yeah, crazy. My birthday has come around so fast. I will be turning 31 very soon, which is cool. I feel like 31 is fine because you've already gotten to the 30 mark. But like, I also like being 30, so it's fine. But yeah, I feel like my birthday, I'm less excited about it than normal, maybe because I'm just busy doing things. So yeah, it'd be really cool to just celebrate tomorrow and enjoy it. But yeah, I've been good. I feel like training's just chugging along. I feel like I'm still struggling to get fit which is annoying I want to see bigger progress Mm. which is frustrating but it's like um yeah it's getting there slowly so just keep showing up day in day out and I think gymming sometimes I let that slip and I only go once a week so maybe if I keep that consistent as well I think that's going to help me quite a lot so yeah putting that even above running sometimes is probably more important but yeah, just training, training's going well. And then work's been pretty full on. I threw a surprise party for Vyra and my boyfriend on Saturday. And then I took two days off work, Monday, Tuesday. So it's been cool coming back into it. Um, a few WhatsApp messages to get back to people. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 doing good. And yeah, excited for what's to come in the next few months. But for me, we have some exciting things coming up. But yes, Lids, you've had a bit of a rough time. I'm sure everyone listening wants to know what's going on and why you're back in New Zealand on Noosa. Yeah, well, I'm in the same room as you, <laughs> Yeah, which is so funny sitting in the same room doing the podcast with Est because it's yeah. like we can't even look at each other because <laughs> <laughs> we're recording, but it's um, hilarious. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be back in Aotearoa. I have been back quite a lot this year, but I haven't actually spent a lot of time back home in Tauranga, so it is so nice to be here and spend time with the fam and, of course, with you, Est. Um, But why am I here? I know if you are a regular listener, you're probably wondering why I'm not in Noosa um, preparing to race this weekend, which is a bit of a touchy subject, but something that I have been trying to focus on over the last few months is build towards the Noosa Marathon. And um, I feel like I've trained pretty hard over the last few months and actually put in quite a lot of effort and energy into my training and felt like I was on a really good path and actually felt super fit and still feel relatively fit um, going into the race. But unfortunately, last week I was struck down by illness. So for those who don't know, if maybe you're new around here, Esther and I both struggled pretty badly with illness last year. Um, I got COVID three times and we both got the flu quite badly last year. And I thought that this first half of this year, I was going to be pretty 
well off not having to deal with it because my immune system was hopefully going to be super strong, but apparently it is not. Uh, I spent a bit of time down in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago and it was really cold down there and I had a photo shoot on and so I was out in the cold for quite a few hours and I think potentially that brought this on, but yeah, last week I started to feel quite sick on Tuesday uh, and then by Wednesday I had pretty bad headache and really severe fatigue and and then by Thursday, I had really burning vision. Uh, my eyes were pretty much on fire. My headache had got even worse. And I was quite fatigued and really drowsy, which are symptoms I hadn't really felt before. So I kind of immediately knew it wasn't the flu. And so at about nine, eight or nine o'clock in the morning, I started vomiting. And that's where I was like, knew something quite bad was going on because I haven't spewed from a sickness for probably like 20 years and so I immediately called James my fiance and told him that I was pretty unwell but I'm sure other people can relate to this I hate going to the doctor and I hate feeling like I'm an inconvenience for people and so I didn't want to go to the doctor and really tried to put it off and then within a few hours James forced me to go so I went to the doctor and yeah it was um kind of scary I I thought he was just going to tell me that I had the flu but I got tested for influenza A, B and COVID and they were all negative um and he said that the, the symptoms that I was facing were all symptoms of meningitis which is quite triggering for me because my grandfather actually passed away from meningitis and I immediately just started crying in the doctor's room. Um, and he said that if it was severe, I wouldn't be able to sit in the room because a key symptom of meningitis is burning eyes. And I definitely had the burning eyes, but not to the point I couldn't sit in a room with a light on. So he pretty much just said, look, the only way to test for meningitis is to go to the um, hospital and get your spinal cord fluid tested. And I didn't want to do that. Uh, and so I'm probably the worst patient ever. And so I went back to my place and just got back into bed and I was given antibiotics. I started taking them and I thought if it was that serious within a few hours, I would feel a lot worse. And that's when I'd go to the hospital. But I um, actually started feeling somewhat better after I took the antibiotics and a few more painkillers and then um, woke up on Friday feeling slightly better and and decided that if it was meningitis, it was a mild case and the antibiotics were the thing that were going to help me anyway. So yes, uh, on Friday, I had to decide that I wasn't racing and that Noosa was off the cards and that I just needed to let the body rest and recover. And the sooner I did that, the sooner I could get back training. So I got on a plane and jetted off to New Zealand on Saturday. Um, I knew what I had wasn't contagious. So just for those who are wondering, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sacrificing other people's health. Um, and I got back to NZ and um, now we're recording on Wednesday and I do feel a lot better. I'm back running. I had a good 17K run this morning. I'm not trying to push myself or my training very hard, but I'm definitely feeling like I can breathe a lot better now. I'm still suffering headaches, but other than that, I'm I'm all good. So whirlwind but that was a story in itself for you um hectic though like oh man I was pretty scared when you said that I was like what the hell go to the doctor's woman but you knew more than me so I think it's um it's definitely one of those things probably as a woman you just want to kind of only get medical help when it's like really severely bad Mm. and 
uh, yeah, it's probably to my detriment because potentially if it got that bad, it was too late. But yeah, fortunately it wasn't. And I think um, while I know for a fact James is going to force medical treatment on me sooner going forwards, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're here. It's all good. I'm obviously gutted that I'm not racing Noosa. I think after the last few years of barely being able to race, I really was quite excited to hit the road and and like test the body and test my mind and I was just hyped and now it's gone I don't know like part of me wants to laugh and part of me wants to cry and I'm not really sure which but I guess I just it's one of those things you know you just have to accept it and then keep going and I'm hoping that I can bounce back from this relatively quickly and get into a race sooner rather than later but uh you know what they say, enjoy the process. And then it doesn't matter whether you get the outcome or not. So I'm just enjoying training and um, just being grateful that I can run. And I feel like we've both said that many a time on this podcast. I know so many times. I feel like it's close to getting better and then get smacked back by something. But like, it is like, yeah, like you say, it's all building us up and eventually it will pay off. And yeah, I honestly think um, you having this time off could refresh you so much and then you go and you choose a race to do and you do really really well so yeah, yeah. well if, if you listen to our last podcast a few weeks ago we were talking about training programs and periodization and I feel like I've done the periodization I just didn't get the high of the race so yeah, yeah. this was like a down week and then I'll go again and find another race in another few weeks or a few months whatever it might be but um yeah the training isn't lost yeah definitely so as we mentioned today, we want to talk about the fear of failure as a woman. And we know this is a conversation that we've kind of talked about here and there in the past, but we haven't dove super deep into it. And I think it's a really important conversation for us to have because it is so common and and uh, something that I think a lot of us face at different times in our lives. But I think to kick things off, what is a time that you've kind of like experienced that fear of failure? I mean, I'm sure it's on the day daily for me it is but is there anything that like jumps out for you yeah I guess like a personal experience that's probably shaped like a lot of my life is um me as a junior athlete and I think from the age of like 13 to 15 I was like you know so invested in running and like I didn't have a fear of failure I was like I'm gonna go to the Olympics I'm gonna be the best runner in the world and that's that full stop and there was no questions which I I love that about myself but I also it was to my own detriment because I did too much to try and succeed, you know, having suffered eating disorders and those sort of things because I really wanted that success. Um, but yeah, then I obviously did suffer the eating disorder and ended up quitting sport. And um, I guess when I came back into it after I got my period back when I was 15 and, and tried again at the age of 16 after almost going through puberty again, um, uh, that's probably where I started to learn about like the fear of not getting what you want as much. And so, yeah, I think that was really hard for me mentally. And I like lost the love of running, which is probably intertwined with me not being as successful, which again is not why I should be running in the first place, but that was a young mind and I didn't really know what I was up to. So yeah, like that's where it probably started. And then I think, you know, I gave, I actually gave up running from 18 to about 22, 23. And then when I came back into it, I think originally when I came back into it, I had a little bit of like that naivety again, but then it's just built up potentially from my younger years, like a fear of not running what I want. 
and like a fear of, um, I guess, yeah, not getting the times that I want or people judging me because of what I used to run when I was a junior and like that fear of failing being an elite athlete. Um, so that's plagued me for quite a lot of my life. I feel like got to a good point now, but I ended up actually just like stepping off the track, as you all know, because I just wasn't enjoying the amount of pressure I was putting on myself. And, and that was probably coming from a fear of failure um, or just, yeah, lack of enjoyment mixed in with that um, pressure. And then also like a fear of not running the times I want and, and failing in that sense. So yeah, constantly feel it. I feel it all the time with Femi work that we do, like, we're under a lot of pressure at the moment and it's it's self-imposed because we want to take this mission worldwide because we believe in it so much, but it's like also quite daunting what we're, um, you know, endeavoring to do. So yeah, I fear, fear it all the time. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Definitely. I feel like I've felt like that fear of failure since I was a little kid because I think I've always wanted to succeed and I think to get success you have to learn to fail but learning to fail is quite difficult and I think accepting failure is like a normal thing is also quite hard because as women I think we're like put under a lot of pressure to you know be successful or to be somewhat perfect and you know when you fail it is seen as or deemed as imperfect and for me I think I you know was a kid who wanted to do so many different sports but I definitely remember like not even trying or participating in some sports because I knew I wasn't going to be good at it and that's probably really why I stuck with running my entire life well one of the reasons there are many reasons why but I think the fact that I knew I was good at running and I knew that it came easily to me um, and that, you know, even at my worst, I was still a relatively good runner. Whereas when I was thinking about other sports I wanted to play, I played football and soccer when I was little and I was okay, but more so probably because I could run. Um, but even sports like surfing and doing tennis and sports that took a different skill set um, for me. I didn't even want to take part in them because I knew I wasn't going to be good. And that like fear of judgment of what other people were going to think of me. And like, if I wasn't good, what would people think? And like, how do I overcome that? And I don't want to be seen as like someone who's not good at something. Um, that's that definitely like haunted me a lot when I was little. And I think moving from being, I guess, a young sports player or athlete into my career, I definitely felt that as well. And I think in my early 20s, a lot of that was spent proving myself in my career because I was so scared of failing. And I was in a position where I was working with people in my team who were a lot older than me. A lot of them were men. And I felt like I wasn't really, I felt like I wasn't really worthy or deserving of the position that I was in and I was so so scared that I was going to fail that I guess it kind of like made me shut down to a point and I I lost my voice in those instances because I was scared that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't going to I guess complete the task at hand and so I think the fear of failure has been around me my entire life but I also feel grateful and fortunate enough to be someone who is willing to take the risk now and to be able to put myself in a position especially as you mentioned this with the work that we're doing now the fact that we we may fail and you know this may fail it's on the cards every single day and it crosses my mind every single day but we still do it and I think that's like 
I think that's pretty incredible. And I'm really grateful to have that resilience to just keep going because I know a lot of women don't have that. And a lot of people don't have that because of the experiences they've gone through. And so I think understanding that failure is part of succeeding and, and is it a really, really important step to success is one thing that we want to chat about because I think people just deem failure as failing and full stop, that's it. Whereas actually failing is just like a part of following your dreams and succeeding and what you're chasing. And so, yes, how have you found your failures to now when you look back on them how do you see that they're kind of part of your journey to where you are now that is a great question I honestly think like the last few years like I shock myself with how resilient I am to continue running (laughs) you know and I'm like that's probably because I've been through all of that you know and I know how much I love it and how much I want to be back where I was and continue to fight to like push my body and, and and love the sport that I've loved since I was like 13 so I think it's like really impacted my resilience like I think I have a pretty positive attitude even in hard times Um, and that's probably come from a lot of that failure and like overcoming those challenges but yeah it's it's hard to describe because I think we're both resilient people but there's that silly like metaphor that everyone always talks about with the glacier and you only see the tip of the glacier coming out and that's like the shiny part that like looks really good. Everyone looks and they're like, oh yeah, sick. Like, oh, she's like running so well or like she's doing so well at her job or like she's, you know, doing this and that. But like no one sees like what the struggles have been to actually get there and like the amount of times let's just see before that we've both, you know, contemplated being like, this is so hard. Like, why do we continue to do it? But we just continue to do it day in, day out. And that's probably, yeah, come from that resilience bone that's like been built from failing. But I don't think there's no one in the world that's ever just succeeded at everything they do. It just doesn't happen. So if we can like maybe reframe the way we look at failure and and see it as like a, um, or a chance to grow rather than being like, oh my God, I failed. Like I'm useless. It's like, okay, like I didn't nail it that time, but I will next time. Or what can I do better to make sure this doesn't happen again? Um, yeah. So I think that's probably how it's happened to me. But I think I'm lucky because I do have like a mindset that's like that already. Yeah. I honestly feel like every single successful person that I've seen and successful is in quotation marks, whatever you deem successful. But in my mind, in my eyes, when I see successful people, I'm so intrigued to hear about their backstory because they all have been through challenges and they've all failed at something in their lives. And that's kind of what's got them there. And it almost makes me reflect on my life and it like it is changing that narrative of being like well that was a failure or I didn't make it then to like oh that was a stepping stone and that made me pivot and grow my experiences and that's why I'm here today and even just ourselves yes I think about like our experiences as female athletes and you know some would look at me and be like oh she you know she nearly made it or she almost made it and she didn't quite get there And like, I know that I think in my twenties, I potentially could have qualified for the Olympics, but I wasn't aware of my body and my menstrual cycle and I wasn't treating myself correctly. And I did, I think my opportunity to like be performing on that stage at that age was sacrificed because of the people around me as well, not knowing, but you know, now I don't think either of us would be here today building Femi if we hadn't been through those failures and challenges ourselves. And 
So it is like reframing your experiences and rather than seeing them as failures or else changing what failure means, um, see them as opportunities and opportunities to grow and evolve and to, or I guess, just follow your passion and your purpose. It's so true. There's so many people that have created something off the back of something hard or like failing, you know, like neither of us made it to the Olympics yet. Know, yet. <laughs> we might. So we're going to give it a fucking good crack. But like neither of us made it at a time when we would have wanted to. Um, but because of those experiences, we've learned from them and we got to start Femi together and like go on this other huge adventure. And like, yeah, you're so right. Like so many people fail and you can either like look at it as stopping you or grow from it. And, you know, our whole career now is like based on those things that we went through, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. It is so cool. And I think there's also something to say about, you know, what sport can do in terms of teaching you to fail. And and for us, you know, growing up as athletes, I think, and probably why we're now entrepreneurs and willing to take risks all the time because we were athletes and and being an athlete you almost have to learn how to build fail build again get back up build fail and like that's just like I guess business and how we are as people because you become resilient and putting yourself on the start line of a 1500 meter is terrifying and so scary because if you're racing 15 people 14 out of 15 chances is you're going to fail. <laughs> there is one opportunity to win and out of those 15 and the rest of the time you're essentially not winning and you're failing. I mean, I still think second and third, just being there, you're winning, but you aren't, your chances of winning are pretty low. So you're willing to take those risks and you're willing to fail all the time as an athlete. And whether that's a runner or a football player or whatever sport you play, you're putting yourself out there to fail and when you fail, you know you're only going to get stronger and better from that experience. And I think that has helped both of us so much when it comes to business because we're willing to take risks and, and business is all about taking risks and going all in and knowing that there might never be that high of that full success at the end. And we're okay with that. We want it. We want to succeed, obviously. We want that high. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And like we will just only become better people because of this experience yeah yeah and I think the fact that what we do is like real close to our heart like if certain parts of Femi you know don't get to where we want them to it doesn't mean that it's failed in my opinion I I know for a fact that we've helped a lot of women which makes me really happy like that is success to me anyway but yeah I know what you mean it's like yeah it's a risky business it is but (laughs) I think I was reading a stat as well like if you're listening and you're thinking like you know I've got this like side hustle idea or I've got this thing that I want to do like you don't need to like quit your job and like sacrifice um if you've got a family or a mortgage like you don't need to like go hectic and do that from the start there's been heaps of successful businesses that start as like something from the side and then you might reduce a day's work and you only work four days and you you do your side hustle on the side And then you slowly, slowly, slowly become more like risk taking with that business because yeah, we totally understand there's huge responsibilities and cost of living through the roof at the moment. Like you need to make sure that you're still able to live. And that's just for people listening who are thinking, well, I don't want to just go and risk everything. Well, you can do a calculated risk 
and mm-hmm. still go after something that you're really... We definitely went all in quite soon, didn't we? we? Did. But I've been listening to the Australian Financial Review. They do a podcast called How I Made It. And they're doing a group of podcasts at the moment with female founders. And I've been listening to a few of them. And all of them talk about the the risks that they took early on. Um, and they probably did it in a much smarter way than you and I, because a lot of them did keep their own, you know, full-time jobs while they were building their side hustle. But they all went through challenges and they all, you know, risked failing and they all faced that fear of failure like head on. And I just find that super inspiring because it all comes down to confidence, really. Like how much do you believe in yourself and how much do you believe in your purpose and your mission? And I think, if your confidence can outweigh that fear of failure um, and your belief in yourself can outweigh it, then you're in a good position. And I think, um, you know, for a lot of our community who's listening, you're runners and you're signing up to races all of the time. And I think those races like see them as these huge opportunities to learn about yourself rather than putting yourself on that start line and being like, I have to run this time or, or else I'm failing or I have to get this particular placing or whatever it may be or else it's a failure, like just know that it isn't a failure as long as you, where you're at the start line, you're already won um, and get to that finish line, you've won again. And whether you reach your goal or not, like you're still gaining the best from that experience that you possibly can. And I think as corny and as cheesy as it sounds, it is all about, it's all about the process and the journey to get there. And we talk about that all the time. And even my own experience in the last few months and not being able to get to the start line, like the process is what counts. I actually heard a really good quote recently, which was, if you don't enjoy this process, then you're sacrificing your life because your life is the process. <laughs> and if you're always just chasing those high highs, then uh, you aren't enjoying what's actually happening in the moment. And so I've actually been saying that quote to myself every day recently. So I'm actually present in the moment and having a good time. But yes, like, why is it just to wrap up things? Like, why do we think women kind of fear that failure more than men? I feel like in certain industries, probably like almost everything when you think about it, is there's so much pressure on women to succeed. Like, as in, there's less opportunities in sport, there's less opportunities in the corporate world for women. So there's this fear that that one opportunity that you may get, that you lose it. So I think that contributes to a, to a lot of the fear of failure for women. And I know, like, I think the stat is, like, 71% of women have suffered imposter syndrome compared to um, 45% within the last 12 months of men. And imposter syndrome, if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's basically, like, you think you're a fraud or you, you're not worthy of being, like, in the position or receiving the opportunity that you're receiving. Um, and I think that comes down to a similar thing, right? Like, we don't have as many opportunities so we don't see ourselves in those positions or deserving those opportunities so we second guess ourselves and that we don't have the capabilities to be there but we totally do we just haven't had the same chances to prove ourselves so yeah I think that plays into it quite a lot what about you Liz? Yeah definitely and I think even going back to kids and being young and I think boys learn to fail a lot quicker than girls and and again are given the opportunity to fail a lot quicker than girls I think when you think about how the world works and the systems that are in place even when you know young kids are going to their school dance and young boys are traditionally the ones asking the young girls to dance and 
they almost have to do that or they miss out on the opportunity to dance that night, right? So young boys are the ones asking the girls and they go into those questions like with their minds open and are aware that they potentially might get turned down and that the girl might say no and then what they need to do is pick themselves up and move on to the next one and ask the next girl and you know that kind of approach to life is really encouraged to young boys Um, the fact that if you fail as a young boy it's kind of like well that's fine just get up and keep moving whereas I think young girls there's definitely this like attitude around perfectionism and having to be perfect and having to kind of tick all the boxes all of the time and you know the the fear of failing as a young girl is terrifying and they just aren't given the opportunity to even learn how to fail and learn how to pick ourselves up at a young age because we're not put in those positions like young boys are so yeah I think there's many reasons why I think women fear feel the fear of failure a lot more than men and it comes down to confidence too like we've spoken a lot about the confidence gap as teenage girls versus boys and how girls lose a lot more confidence 30 percent of confidence going through puberty whereas boys gain confidence in the way that they're developing and that again just as another layer of like why women and young girls don't want to take those risks and don't want to take the risk to fail or understand or learn how to fail because they just don't have the confidence to step into that arena and yeah, I think um, sport is definitely one thing, as per usual, we would encourage young girls to do and encourage women to do of all ages and all abilities because it does teach you so much about resilience and failing and getting back up on the horse, as they say. So I think sport, as you all know, can do so much for us. But again, it is the one thing that we all have access to to kind of build that confidence and, um, and learn how to fail. That's so true, yeah. Yeah, that's actually interesting. I never even thought about the young boys asking girls to dances um, and how it contributes. It's crazy. When you actually think about everything, it's all intertwined. It's all intertwined. You think about men and, you know, the workforce and how they apply for jobs if they tick six out of the ten boxes, whereas girls have to tick nine out of the ten because the girls don't want to be turned down. They don't want to fail not getting the job, but the man Mm. doesn't care. Yeah, that's so true. That's hectic, eh? Oh, honestly, anyone listening, this is just to throw something out there. Um, if you want to get angry and understand how deep this stuff goes and also get inspired for change, you should um, read or listen to Invisible Woman because they just talk about like every system you could ever imagine that has some form of sexism like weaved into it. And it's things you would never, ever, ever, ever probably think. But when you dive a little bit deeper, you realize. We'll put it into our show notes. Yeah. Well, that's it from us today. Hopefully you've taken something from this episode. If you want to give us any feedback or send us through your opinions or jump on the movement for change, then get at us on Instagram at femi.co or head head to our website, femi.co. But uh, Esther and I are going to go and celebrate her birthday tomorrow. And uh, we'll be back in your ears with a special guest next week. Bye.